All right, we're back in the letters backwards. <laughs> with, <laughs> I like that. I do. <laughs> we're sharing our family Bible study, but our kids wanted to read the letters, but backwards because we've read them going forward so many times they wanted to go backwards yeah. this time. So. so we've made it to Galatians. And before we start, let's give you the whole spiel. Make sure you take a prayer. Take a prayer. You guys, he goofs I, like, up like every, every time, time, and he says, "Take a prayer," and so take a moment to pray, and so we have to. Redo I do. It. it takes like six times. It's yeah, kind of so funny. So go take a prayer. We're gonna make go t-shirts. You should make take a prayer t-shirt. Yeah, I should. Go take one before we start. <laughs> and then, of course, if there's anything that our family can do for you, anything we can lift up in prayer, if you need a Bible, if you need anything, please, you guys, just reach out to us. Go to aphomechurch.com, and all the things are there. Yeah. And we thank everybody for everything, for doing these with us and having interaction and just enjoying them in general. So before we start, it's another letter from a homeboy, Paul. It was written to the believers in Galatia, which is modern Turkey. Then it was a Roman province of Asia Minor, real close to Syria. So due to that, it had a large Jewish population, obviously it had a large Greek and Roman population. But this whole period of time, you can read about Acts uh, in Acts 13.1 through 14.28, which is Paul's first missionary journey with Barnabas, where they're going through this area and going in and, and preaching in all the synagogues. And... It pretty much goes well from for them in the beginning until they come back through. Or they come back the next week. Basically, they say that they're they're on the next Sabbath. Paul's going in on Sabbath and into the synagogues and in teaching and, and reasoning. Can you just and imagine so, being there for one of those? Yeah, no, that would be a blast. Like I know we'd all love to hear Jesus speak. And I'd love about, to be you know, a fly on the wall that. for that one. Yeah, but I don't know. If that's something that I would think about. I would love to get to go to that. But as the car, the crowd started to to grow, the Jews started to get pretty mad, and uh, can't imagine why they kind of they started opposing Paul and his teaching. You know, like I said, at first it was kind of going good, and there was a lot of people that believed, a lot of convert. You know, a lot of people were were believing Paul's message. Uh, like I said, until it got bigger, and then they started uh, opposing his teaching and started causing a little bit of trouble and then as soon as they started doing it of course the gentiles and they were like yeah yeah maybe we should yeah get him you know they just they they just get angry they're like i don't even know why we're angry but oh yeah this dude's a quack uh so they make plans to to stone him and then barnabas and paul kind of bail out of town but it in the midst of this whole time he's teaching and he's actually healing people at this time too this is the the period where he heals the the dude with crippled feet you know he it says that it he saw that he had faith which the holy spirit gave paul the ability to be able to see much like jesus you know when 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 we read in the gospels where it says that either jesus perceived what they were saying or, or knew their hearts or these types of things we can see the same thing happening with paul here with this when it says that uh, he saw this guy's faith and told him to leap up and rise up and he was healed so these and after that this that was the the time that uh they they accused paul and barnabas of being greek gods of hermes and 
And they're like, no, 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 no. Like, you're, no, you're getting it all wrong. This is Jesus, and this is all him. This has nothing to do with me. And even with all that, they still wanted to worship Paul and, and Barnabas. But so these, these believers here in Galatia got a full gospel message from Paul along with these miracles and everything. So they, they got, you know, they, they have no excuse, right, for, for any kind of, of twisting or anything else. And despite all the opposition that Paul and Barnabas got during this whole period of time, there there's many indications, and obviously, um, that there was a, a good little-sized group here of believers in this area uh, that established a church there. Obviously, it was enough for Paul when he came back through. He came back through these areas, but as far as the Galatians go, I mean, they, they saw this, so they had no excuse. But funny enough, this is one of Paul's most if not the most critical letter that he writes. And this was all because they just so quick abandoned everything that he taught, they saw, they believed, and they started believing. As soon as Paul went out, of course, these false teachers kept coming in insisting that, hey, you must be circumcised. It's faith and circumcision. So it's, it's grace and Torah. So faith not being enough, you have to have faith plus. Right, faith plus. Yeah. And this was kind of like freaking them out. You know, they're like, what? Wait, what? And they I started think believing that's it. What you meant. Maybe that is. They started believing it. And Paul's like, are you kidding me? The other problem, though, was that they were starting to, in their teaching, apparently, they were starting to question Paul's authority as an apostle. They're going, how does this guy, how does this, you know, starting to question that? So in the beginning here, this is him kind of defending this and throughout the beginning you'll see him just defending that claim so chapter one we already did the take a prayer thing right <laughs> yes everybody okay. already took a prayer so. all right good chapter one verse one this letter is from paul an apostle i was not appointed by any group of people or any human authority but by jesus christ himself and by god the father who raised jesus from the dead all the brothers and sisters here join me in sending this letter to the churches of Galatia. May God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Jesus gave his life for our sins just as God our Father planned in order to rescue us from the evil world in which we live. All the glory to God forever and ever. Amen. I am shocked that you are turning away so soon from God who calls you to himself through the loving mercy of Christ. You are following a different way that pretends to be the good news, but is not the good news at all. You are being fooled by those who deliberately twist the truth concerning Christ. Let God's curse fall on anyone, including us, or even an angel from heaven who preaches a different kind of good news than the one that we preach to you. I say it again, what we have said before. If anyone preaches any other good news than the one you welcome, let that person be cursed. Obviously, I am not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. And I think that's such a big point that we so often see is you're trying to go deeper and deeper into this life where you are turning away from the world, setting your eyes on Christ. You are staying heavenly minded in all that you do. People will not be happy. Mm -mm. That's your own family, close friends, um, all the things. It doesn't go with the ways of the world, and you will have to deal with that. 
Yeah, this is where I really can relate to Paul, though, because I I could care less what people think. I I really could care less. That's why I don't really have that much time for apologetics in the way of I can defend the faith and I I know it. It's just that that's not my ministry. That's not my that's not my path. We definitely know um, God has blessed us with a a good brother in Travis that that is he's all over that. He's great. So at it. Yeah. and he's great at it, and I'm so like he's great. Like I can I can keep conversation with him, and I know what he's talking about. But that's his ministry, and and that's not mine. Different parts of the body here, so that's awesome that we have that. But just like Paul, I can totally relate to this. Like I could care less what anybody thinks. I could care less if you don't believe it. I don't want to to fight with you about it because I I really don't see the logic and not so you know what I mean with that so I I definitely could see that but yes we have to uh, we have to remember that we don't give we don't give two thoughts to what anybody else thinks we serve God Lily brought up this morning when we were reading this she said um, Lily's our 8 year old and she said well aren't we supposed to make people happy and i and i thought that was such a great and genuine question because yes we are Mm -hmm. to serve and help and do great things to every single person we come in contact with but the biggest point to understand here i'm not doing these things so that they will just be happy with me or with what i've done I'm doing it because I'm bringing all glory to God in everything that I'm doing. And that's why I'm being so loving and kind and merciful in all of the great, you know, holy fruit that we want to be producing. I'm not doing it, though, just to win the approval of people. The approval of people is what I could care less about. Mm -hmm. I'm being kind and loving and generous and all of those things for the approval of God. Sure. Not them. Yeah, no. And I think her understanding that is where she's like, oh, yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, she totally got it. But I think that was an interesting, um, that was a great question. Yeah, always being kind and cool and and fine, you know, and, and like you're supposed to be. But not sometimes that means that you have to step on people's toes because of the truth, and I don't care about that. Yes. And that and ju- having to do that doesn't mean that you're unkind, unloving, or anything like that. It just means that you don't care. I mean, you you have to do what you have to do. The well, because truth is truth. Right. And we're not, you know. Right. There's a bottom line. All right. So verse eleven. I know. No, you don't. Dear brothers and sisters, I want you to understand. The gospel message I preach is not based on mere human reasoning. I received my message from no human source and no one taught me. Instead, I received it by direct revelation from Jesus Christ, which this is completely interesting and everybody has to remember that yes, Paul was a Pharisee and he was very he was extremely intelligent in all the Jewish tradition, law and everything, but Christ was still new to him. And there's a lot to take in. Like, yeah, you can understand. You know, I always say, like, once, it, you know, we think of a Jew convert, like, when they finally understand, like, what Isaiah really means. You yeah. know, like, when they finally get it. Like, they, they can they can put a lot of things together. But the thing is, is Paul didn't, there was no New Testament at this time to put everything together. So he had to have had this teaching and training for something. Because this is somebody that goes 
from strict Jew to all of a sudden preaching and teaching Christ and, and all these new, um, not new, I mean, he, Christ revealed mysteries to Paul that nobody else had heard. So all of this information and knowledge had to come from somewhere. somewhere. And it's clear that the other apostles accepted Paul's message, and, and we'll go into that a little bit, but uh, they accepted it. They said, yeah, I mean, absolutely. This guy, absolutely, he has the Holy Spirit. Yes, Jesus appeared to this guy, and, and he is definitely teaching him and guiding him through and has is using him as his tool. So uh, it was that's that's what he's saying here when he's kind of he, he's he's defending it from because the Jews were going, who's this guy? He didn't even walk with Jesus. Verse 13, you know what I was like when I followed the Jewish religion, how I violently persecuted God's church. I did my best to destroy it. I was far ahead of my fellow Jews in my zeal for the traditions of my ancestors. But even before I was born, God chose me and called me by his marvelous grace. Then it pleased him to reveal his son to me, so that I would proclaim the good news about Jesus to the Gentiles. When this happened, I did not rush out to consult with any human being. Nor did I go up to Jerusalem to consult with those who were apostles before I was. Instead, I went away into Arabia, and later I returned to the city of Damascus. Then three years later, I went to Jerusalem to get to know Peter, and I stayed with him for 15 days. The only other apostle I met at that time was James, the Lord's brother. I declare before God that I, what I am writing to you is not a lie. It's crazy how much time was in between... Um his conversion right when mm. jesus reveals himself to him and calls him and then when you actually see him come back and start doing oh yeah stuff. he was messed up for a while man well but yeah. we don't i don't think we really realize it when you read everything just all together and i know i mean like we love the bible show and stuff like that but it shows like it's an immediate all of a sudden he walks in and starts preaching yeah yeah it's interesting it is very interesting but it did mess him up for a little bit I can't imagine. I'm, I can. <laughs> I mean, not from, obviously, the revelation of Christ like he got. But, I mean, as far as um, taking that period of time to just reflect on every... I mean, there had to have been self-reflection there. I mean, uh, self-torture and the fact that, oh, man, I was wrong. And look at all of this. And this is fresh, too. This is raw. Yeah. I mean, the dude was on his way to, to go... You know, to go persecute. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, all this is is fresh. So, <clears throat> um, you know, that that was definitely a, a hard, hard time to go through for him. It's interesting, and it just always kind of sparks these thoughts for me. But I have so many questions I want to ask. Mm -hmm. Like when we get to meet Paul one yeah. day, you know, like what what'd you do for those three years what what were you doing what were you thinking what were you reading where were you you know like and a lot of crying yeah there was a but, lot of crying you know what i mean like it's and pray his purpose is not to talk about himself no, so he's not right. going to go deeper into those so it's not like we're missing information no, by that it not was being just, covered. Yeah. but i just am interested you know yeah. you just think of that like oh my goodness what was this like and i don't know I well, I mean, again, that's why I wanted to put that whole, uh, you know, the whole beginning to it, too, where he's he's kind of having to defend yeah. who and what and everything. 
this is who I am and this is why yeah, I'm and, talking. Yeah, and why am I having to tell you this again? You guys saw everything. Yeah, so. 21? Yep. After that visit, I went north into the provinces of Syria and Sicilia. And still, the churches in Christ that are in Judea didn't know me personally. All they knew was people were saying, the one who used to per persecute us is now preaching the very faith he tried to destroy. And they praise God because of me. That is a, that is a trip. Like, can you... We always joke about that in the house. And we see that. We're like, can you imagine these people are like, yeah, sure, guy. Yeah. You're here to preach love and forgiveness. I don't trust you. You literally ripped my brother out of my house. Like, yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> that's pretty crazy. But that was the end of chapter one, so let's go to chapter two. Then 14 years later, I went back to Jerusalem again, this time with Barnabas, and Titus came along too. I went there because God revealed to me that I should go. While I was there, I met privately with those considered to be leaders of the church and shared with them the message I had been preaching to the Gentiles. I wanted to make sure that they were in agreement for fear that all of my efforts had been wasted and I was running the race for nothing. And they supported me and did not even demand that my companion Titus be circumcised, though he was a Gentile. Even that question came up only because of some so-called believers there, false ones really, who were secretly brought in. They sneaked in to spy on us and take away the freedom we have in Christ Jesus. They wanted to enslave us and force us to follow their Jewish regulations. These uh, believers who were secretly brought in, this follows up what like Second Peter and Jude speaks of. These are demonic forces at work in these people that are opposing, that are coming in, looking like they're believers, and they're not. They're there to plant destructive heresies, things like what Paul is dealing with here. Um, same exact thing that we're dealing with in the church today. They come in, they look like believers, everything looks right, but then there's just one thing off. Whether it be uh, doctrinally, whether it be... Well, I mean, everything ends up rooting back to Scripture, but... Uh, a lot of times they try to take you doctrine tradition tradition practices. and take you completely away from it so but that's what those that's what the the believers that he's speaking of there in verse 4 is all about so verse 5 but we refused to give in to them for a single moment we wanted to preserve the truth of the gospel message for you and the leaders of the church had nothing to add to what i was preaching by the way their reputation as great leaders made no difference to me for God has no favorites. I love how he puts that in there. It's in parenthesis. By the way, I don't give a, I don't care if they were. I'm, I'm, I'm not here for them. I'm here for Christ. And God doesn't pick mission. favorites, and neither do I. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's not wrong. Yeah. No. I mean, I guess. <laughs> you know, I guess there's there's a certain way I can relate to that a little bit too. I suppose. Certainly not to his level. <laughs> but. All right. Uh, verse 7 yeah. instead they saw that God had given me the responsibility of preaching the gospel to the Gentiles just as he had given Peter the responsibility of preaching to the Jews for the same God who worked through Peter as the apostle to the Jews also worked through me as the apostle to the Gentiles in fact James, Peter, and John who are known as pillars of the church recognized that the gift God had given me and they accepted Barnabas and me as their co-workers they encouraged us 
us to keep preaching to the Gentiles. While they continued their work with the Jews, their only suggestion was that we keep on helping the poor, which I have always been eager to do. All right, now you were talking earlier about those things that you want to ask Paul. Yeah. This is <laughs> going to be literally my first question to him, is verse 11. I know. And well, going into this story. Because I don't like the way that the New Living Translation translates this. But again, we use this translation for the kids. It flows well. It's a decent translation compared to a lot of the other nonsense that's out there. Um, but it doesn't do justice to it. I, I, I preference the ESV, but this doesn't do any justice to this story right here, I don't feel. I think the ESV and the NASB does the best justice to this. Uh, but the story of Paul uh, opposing Peter to his face. I want time. to know what this means because in the other translations in, and if you read the words that's used in the Greek it maybe seems like there could have been a little bit of a physical altercation about this. Like maybe like Paul came up and just started strangling him or something. That's just my that's just what I want to believe I think but um but no, but there, there is the. This is. I want to know what exactly he means by this because it seems very interesting to me, and it's one of. I think it's one of my favorite stories, one that I reference a lot. But. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So verse eleven. But when Peter came to Antioch, I had to oppose him to his face for what he did was very wrong. Like what? Oppose him to his face? I don't think he just got in his face and was like, "You're bad, Peter." <laughs> like. Let's talk about it. Just this. pointed at him. Yeah, let's. I don't know. Verse 12. When he first arrived, he ate with the Gentile believers who were not circumcised. But afterward, when some friends of James came, Peter wouldn't eat with the Gentiles anymore. He was afraid of criticism from the people who insisted on necessity of circumcision. As a result, other Jewish believers followed Peter's hypocrisy. And even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. Like, see, it still must have been. It was still weird for him as a big group of Jews all of a sudden not like just mingling and and, and eating and well, because... you fall back to your old ways. You fall yeah. back to what you know, what you're used to. It's easy to do. Yeah. And this is just what Paul got so upset about. Um, so what I saw going into verse 14 when I saw that they were not following the truth of the gospel message I said to Peter in front of all the others since you a Jew by birth have discarded the Jewish laws and are living like a Gentile why are you now trying to make these Gentiles follow the Jewish traditions you and I are both Jews by birth not sinners like the Gentiles yet we know that a person is made right with God by faith in Jesus Christ not by obeying the law and we have believed in Christ Jesus so that we might be made right with God because of our faith in Christ, not because we have obeyed the law. For no one will ever be made right with God by obeying the law. I brought it up again, and I hate to pound on these because, like I said, I really enjoy the, um, the idea of the Torah per servant. Pursuant. Pursuant, not preservant. I think... Torah pers- pursuant people because i think that's totally awesome and I, you know it's really there's a cool element to it and However, unfortunately the church has done such a horrible job with pushing all things jew out of the christian religion yeah, which makes no wrong. sense because christianity wasn't set up to be a separate religion it's 
the original Jewish people, but the the fulfillment of what that you know was supposed to be with the Messiah and everything, you know, and, and so the way that we've gone so far against it is completely ridiculous. It makes absolutely no sense. So Torsua, Torsua. See, you couldn't Gosh, say it either. Torah pursuant. Sweet. Yes, we all should be. Yeah, absolutely. But, but um, with this movement of the Torah observance, and, and you must, it, it's. We say Torah well, and grace and, again. And so many people will say, I know I've heard it, you know, because we've talked over this with people, I can't tell you how many times, but they will always say, well, obeying Torah, which Torah is the beginning of the Bible, you know, all the laws, right? Old Testament laws, if you're not familiar, the Torah is, um, what, first five books? Um, but they will say, well, it's not by following Torah that we are saved. Salvation comes from Christ alone, right? That's what they'll say. And I go, okay. They say, but to show God how much we love him. And that's why we follow Torah. Because that's what God expects well, and, and they wants turn, from us. They turn Christ's commands into Torah observance. Yes. Is what they, they yeah. do. And, and so where they say yes... If you truly love him, these are the things that you'll follow. Yes. And it's like, that's dangerous because that's exactly what was happening back here. And this yeah. is exactly what Paul is combating. And this yeah, is this why... this whole next little part here is... This, this is exactly. why I like doing these just raw, stripped out. Let's just read and see, see what, what it, it says, says and what it, this means. Because this is <clears throat> exactly the context that he was in was fighting this very, very same thing was the fact of saying that there's something plus salvation. And he goes into a full explanation coming up on why that's completely unnecessary. No. You are saved by, by faith, faith alone. alone. That's it. That's Nothing it. else. So anybody who's out there, even well-meaningly, trying to push that it is faith plus anything, anything, even something that sounds good, by the grace no. of God, through faith, That's you are it. saved. That, and that it. is it. So, 17. Suppose we seek to be made right with God through faith in Christ, and then we are found guilty because we have abandoned the law. Would that mean Christ has led us into sin? Absolutely not. Which is a huge point that is brought up because they say... Mm -hmm. How can you, you are lawless then, right? They, whenever right. New Testament talks about the lawless ones, the lawless sinner, well, anyone who does not follow the law, they mm -hmm. say you are lawless then. Okay, would Christ lead you into that? Right. Of course not. No. That's insane. Verse 18. Rather, I am a sinner if I rebuild the old system of law I already tore down. Mm -hmm. For when I tried to keep the law, it condemned me, so I died to the law. I stopped trying to meet all its requirements so that I might live for God. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless. For if keeping the law could make us right with God, then there was no need for Christ to die. Well, and that's the problem we see so much with these movements like Hebrew roots, mm -hmm. Torah observance, even the Catholic Church and talking about that, is any of these things that have these extra little things, right? Like you have to obey dietary laws. You have to obey these various different Old Testament laws. You have to 
do mass, you have to do this, you have to do that, you have to anything that continues on with this. This mm. is that these problems that we yeah, keep it's getting not into. Just. But there are these problems that we keep getting into. No, you're taking away the power of Christ when you do these things, and you have to understand that's what it is. Mm. It is by faith in Christ alone that you yeah, this isn't just for that. That's what the example is. Anybody that tries to build anything off of, mm -hmm. off of Christ, yeah, you're right. In, including, and again, uh, those are just a, a few examples. There are plenty of them, but you have to stop and assess. Uh, these including, things. like we've been going through with the Catholic Church. That's yeah. unfortunately, I know that's not what they want to hear, but it's truth. Chapter three. Yep. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has cast an evil spell on you? For the meaning of Jesus Christ's death was made clear to you as if you had seen a picture of his death on the cross. Let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by obeying the law of Moses? Of course not. You received the Spirit because you believed the message you heard about Christ. How foolish can you be? After starting your new lives in the Spirit, why are you now trying to become perfect by your own human effort? Have you experienced so much for nothing? Surely, was it not in vain? Was it? I ask you again, does God give you the Holy Spirit and work miracles among you because you obey the law? Of course not. It is because you believe the message you heard about Christ. In the same way, Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of faith. The real ch children of Abraham then are those who put their faith in God. What's more, the scriptures look forward to this time when God would make the Gentiles right in his sight because of their faith. God proclaimed this good news to Abraham long ago, and he said, All nations will be blessed through you. So all who put their faith in Christ share the same blessing Abraham received because of his faith. But those who depend on the law to make them right with God are under his curse. For the scriptures say, Cursed is everyone who does not observe and obey all the commandments that are written in God's book of the law. So it is clear that no one can be made right with God by trying to keep the law. For the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. This way of faith is very different from the way of law, which says, it is through obeying the law that a person has life. But Christ has rescued us from the curse pronounced by the law. When he was hung on the cross, he took it upon himself, the curse for our wrongdoing. For it is written in the scriptures, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree. Through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles with the same blessing he promised to Abraham so that we who are believers might receive the promised Holy Spirit through faith. Bringing up Abraham and Moses again, giving them a main example of saying that this was through faith. It was never through the law. So it was always by faith in God alone. It was never through the law that you were saved. Well, the law was there to point out your sins and show you your need for a savior. That's what the whole mm -hmm. system, I mean, it's a bigger picture that everything um, connects together and that Christ fulfilled. Verse 15. Dear brothers and sisters, here's an example from everyday life. Just as no one can set aside or amend an irrevocable agreement, so it is in this case. God gave the promises to Abraham and his child. And notice that the scripture doesn't say to his children, as if it meant many descendants. Rather, it says to his child. And that, of course, means Christ. That is what I am trying to say. The agreement God made with Abraham could not be canceled 430 years later when God gave the law to Moses. God would be breaking his promise. For if the inheritance could be received by keeping the law, then it would not be the result of accepting God's promise. 
but God graciously gave it to Abraham as a promise. Why then was the law given? It was given alongside the promise to show the people of their sins. But the law was designed to last only until the coming of the child who was promised. God gave his law through angels to Moses, who was a mediator between God and the people. Now a mediator is helpful if more than one party must reach an agreement. But God, who is one, did not use a mediator when he gave his promise to Abraham. Is there a conflict then between God's law and God's promises? Absolutely not. If the law could give us new life, we could be made right with God by obeying it. But the scriptures declare that we are all prisoners of sin, so we receive God's promise of freedom only by believing in Jesus Christ. Before the way of faith in Christ was available to us, we were placed under the guard under guard by the law. We were kept in protective custody, so to speak, until the way of faith was revealed. Let me put it another way. The law was our guardian until Christ came. It protected us until we could be made right with God through faith. And now that way of faith has come, we no longer need the law as our guardian. For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male and female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. You are his heirs, and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. Anything you want to add to that? I think he's pretty... That was a pretty long defense of explaining how this is by faith not by works of the law so which i mean the galatians needed they were becoming fooled by these things saying that you need circumcision so they you know paul into this full exhortation of, yeah. of of it and did a great job of it and nothing is new under the sun we're dealing with the same stuff today that was happening then i mean that's kind of just how it goes and so i think um this is why it is so important to just be in the word reading every day so that when you're faced with these things i mean take it read it apply it mm -hmm. so thank you guys for hanging out with yeah. us today and we will finish up the book tomorrow morning so we'll see you then